Welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.45 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Let's just give a praise and offering to the Lord. I invite you just to grab a seat if you would. When we, when we sang that song in First Church, I was brought back, or First Service, I was brought back to just a moment of growing up and I grew up in the church and you know we don't sing a lot of hymns all the time in here but when we do I'm just taken back I remember as a kid just sitting in the pew and I hear that song and I just man I know where my life has been and I just had this overwhelming just sense of that, that God just pursued me all the days of my life and I don't know what your background is with church or maybe that song maybe you've heard it maybe it's a familiar one but I just encourage you today to know that all the days of your life, God has just pursued you. Wherever, you're, wherever you've been, wherever you're at, you're here today because the Lord has been pursuing you. And I share that because, man, I came in super heavy this morning just in my heart. We've had just a lot of people sharing some, some deaths in the church family. We've had some lives that have been taken through uh, suicide. We've had some... Um, accidents that have happened and, and one that was really particularly heavy on my heart this morning um, was the Pena family some of you guys know Richard and Jen they come to the 9 a.m. service and last Sunday we had pulled them up here and we laid hands on them and prayed over them as Richard had been going through cancer for the last four and a half years and man my heart was just really stirred I was like God you're gonna heal him I just felt it in my heart like everything in me um, in that moment just saw God was going to heal him and, and uh, then over the course of this last week he just cool things had happened some just miraculous type of things had happened with restoring some family relationship things but on Friday night at 11 p.m. he ended up he passed away from his cancer my heart was just angry God, we, we prayed and we've been believing in those things and the Lord just reminded me of something. The Lord reminded me that we were praying and we were praying for, you know, for healing to take place and we don't always get our way. And I like to get my way, amen? And the Lord reminded me that as we were praying for him, he is cancer free. on Friday night Jen Jen and her three boys were setting up here at 9 a.m. service this morning she had such a joy in her heart because she knows that he's been set free from his cancer amen and I just just, I'm gripped to tell you that today, even if you don't get your answer the way you want it, our hope was never in this life. Our hope was never in this flesh, amen? Our hope was never in the things that bring us immediate pleasure. Our hope has always and will always be in Jesus Christ and the eternity that we get with Him. Amen? That's why when we sing that song today in particular, it just absolutely gripped my heart. That last part, when Christ shall come with shouts of acclamation, oh, the joy that will take my heart. Because I literally pictured nothing else in this moment, nothing else. I mean, the world is fleeting. The, world, the word says we're vapor. We're here one day, we're gone the next. Nothing else can take the hope that we have in Jesus Christ away from us. Nothing takes that joy away. And so today, if you've been praying and you don't have the answer that you want, I'm just going to encourage you today that the hope of Jesus is your answer. Like if you don't get your, your thing that you want, I didn't get what I wanted, but I got what I wanted. I didn't get that result of going like he's, his cancer was eradicated on planet earth, but I got the result that his cancer is eradicated in the kingdom of God. And so I just speak that over you today as we go before the Lord in just a time of prayer for a minute. I just want to speak that over you because God's revealing more and more and more and more and more into my heart. 
But he's saying, I just hear this, that he is for you, he's not against you. So if you're not getting your result, he still has something for you. And so just want you to hear that today. Just wanna encourage you in that today. So if you would be in prayer for Jen and the boys, the Pena family, if you'd be in prayer for Verna Ray Clark, if you'd be in prayer for Dwayne, if you'd be in prayer for um, Patty Cato, lost her father, just a lot of hurts and wounds. I know that you guys have some as well. If you guys would just be in prayer for those things, I just wanna go before the Lord and just trust that God's plans are greater than our plans. So ushers, you guys can come on forward. Let's just pray this morning. Father, thank you for your love today. Thank you for the reminder in that song, How Great Thou Art that we were never supposed to put our hope in this world. That we were never supposed to put all of our investments, God, in this worldly stuff. But your word literally says, if you're gonna store something up, store up your treasures in heaven. Because everything that we're going for, everything that we're after, everything that we want, God, in life is found in you. So all the things that we're chasing, God, they're never going to measure up because they're here one day and they're gone the next. But you are always here. So Lord, I pray over the Pinas and Verna Ray and God for the Cato family and pray for Dwayne. I pray for every person out there today, God, that's just going through something in their life and and they don't know how they're going to fight through this and they haven't gotten their answer that they want. I pray that they would know that they get the answer of Jesus, the hope of Jesus. Even, Lord, as we take up our offering, I'm just, I'm just mindful, God, that you bless us. You give to us, God. I mean, your word says everything belongs to you, and you give it to us so that we can be a blessing and give to others. So, God, even the offering here at Reliance, Lord, we don't want to use it for just Reliance Community Church. I pray, God, that you would help us to establish kingdom things all over the world, Father, for your kingdom and not ours. I pray that we take this offering and we sow it into hearts, Lord, who need your hope. That we're never, God, all about right here. We've got to build this thing right here. Because, Lord, we believe that your word is all about partnering with the rest of the world. Seeing your gospel go to the ends of the earth. So, God, would you be honored today in our time? Would you be honored today, Father, in our worship? Would you be honored today through your word? In Jesus' name, we pray these things. And all God's people said, amen. How many love you some Jesus this morning? Man, if you're a visitor, it's good to have you guys today. We call ourselves a family. And so um, part of what kind of emotionally, for me, just kind of emotionally, I guess, is so charged today is that um, because we're a family, because Richard was a brother and was, was a brother to us, um, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to lose a loved one. And so if you're here today, we want you to know that we, we see you as family. I don't care if this is your first time. I don't care if this is your last time or if you're just visiting today. When you're in this room, and trust me today, it may be your last time. I don't know. We've got a hard word today. Um, but, but if you're in here today, um, you're family. And so uh, welcome. We, we're glad you're here. We're, we're in a series um, where this summer, we're, we're just going to walk through 1 John. We started um, last week, and we went through the book of 1 John section by section. And we're just trying to establish some solid roots in our heart. 1 John is really about holiness and, and walking in the light and then this, this love thing where it's all about the love of God. And so we really, by the time summer's done, July, June, July, August, we really want to have this thing firmly rooted in our heart where we're just so established in love that everything that we do at, at Reliance is just rooted in the love of God. Amen? And that's what we really want more than anything else. And so, um, so this is really kind of our goal. And so last week we talked about encountering um, the person of Jesus. Jesus Christ. And that's kind of how John opened up. He's like, look, I've been with Jesus. I've seen Jesus. I've walked with Jesus. He's like, I can testify to who he is. And so we talked about what does that look like to be able to testify and proclaim that you've been with, that you've encountered the person of Jesus Christ. And today we're going to talk about what it looks like to walk in the light. Somebody say light. How many of you guys like light? Anybody like light? You don't like darkness? Okay, good. Um, I, some of you guys like to sleep. Anybody like to sleep in really dark rooms though? Like pitch dark? Yeah, weirdos. Weird. I'm just kidding. You're blessed. 
I love it when like the sun shines through in the morning. Anybody like that? The sun shines through and the curtains are open. Man, I just love it. I love light. And I think about um, why light is so important. We, we, light is important. I don't know if you like me, but sometimes when the sanctuary, the lights are off in the sanctuary during the day and I've been back here in this back room and I'm too lazy to walk around and I decide that I'm just gonna cut through the sanctuary and I'm too lazy to turn on the light switch. You guys ever had that moment? And about halfway through the sanctuary, I'm like, this was a bad idea. You guys know what I mean? And doing kind of the feel and the kick. And I'm, I see that little sliver of light under the door and I'm drawn to it. That's what I'm after. No matter what's in my way, I'm kicking chairs out of the way. I'm like, I just got to get to the light. And I'm thinking about how important light is. When I was a youth pastor, we used to um, take our youth group out and on camps and retreats, and we'd always play capture the flag or tag in the dark. It was awesome. And I remember this story vividly. I've shared it years and years ago when we first started West Campus. There was a kid named Jim Woods. And Jim Woods was just this like crazy kid and just fun, just a fun lover of Jesus. And we were out there running around and he was running from me. And he's like, you're old Aaron and you're going bald and you'll never catch me or something to that effect, right? And I remember going, oh yeah, and I'm chasing him. It's pitch dark outside. And he's like, you'll never catch me. And he hit something, he just face planted, boom, on the ground. And he didn't see that in the dark was a picnic table that took his knees out and he face planted. And I walked up to him with all the sincerity in my heart. And I said, tag, you're it, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I walked up, I go, anything broken? He's like, I think my face is broken. I said, well, you're still it. You're not getting out of it, right? He didn't see it. He didn't see the obstacles. He didn't see. There was nothing out there to light it up for him to see. So he hit a picnic table and it took his legs out from under him. When I think of, when we talk about light, and we're going to talk about light today, what we're talking about is the light that comes into our life and illuminates or exposes the things that are hidden in our heart that we don't think about very often. And so as we walk through this text in, in, in 1 John chapter 1, I want to just confirm something in your heart. It, it is not an easy text, okay? It's not an easy text. We're going to work through this together, and I just want to phrase this. I love you. Do you love me? Okay, let's work through it together. All right. First John, first John chapter one, starting with verse five. We're gonna go through chapter two a little bit. This is the message we've heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying. Somebody say lying. No, lying. Okay. <laughs> so we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar. Everybody say, that's not good and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims I know God, but does not obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him, that he is how we know we are living in him. That, that is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. There's a lot of liar name calling in there, amen? And I know that in this moment, there's a lot of times where we read through Scripture and we can tell this is kind of a buildup. It sounds, man, there's some pieces in there that we really latch on to. Man, God cleanses us from all sin. But there's some tough stuff that we've got to work through in 1 John chapter 1 as well. And, and so I just want to kind of preface last week when we talked about John and, and this idea that he's like, I've seen Jesus. I can testify to Jesus. I can proclaim Jesus. And we talked about how John testified and proclaimed that he had not only known Jesus, but had been with Jesus, that he shared and life with him, they had touched him, they had fellowship with him, all of those things that he had encountered the person of Jesus. It's important because now from whatever he says on from that point, he is testifying to what Jesus shared with him. 
And so in verse 5, he opens up, this is the message we've heard from Jesus, and now we declare it to you. That's important because he's saying out of all the things that we learned, out of all those times that we sat down, I'm going to tell you directly out of the horse's mouth what Jesus shared with me. Remember, John was the only disciple that was not martyred. John lived to be about 100 years old. So he is a direct, like, in contact with Jesus guy giving us the word of Jesus Christ. And so he says, this is the message we've heard, and now I want to tell you what it is. And, and here's the, what he focuses on. He, here's what Jesus taught us. Jesus is light, and in him there is no darkness. And we've got to decide if we're ready to walk in the light or if we want to continue to walk in darkness. This is like, there's a lot of weight to what it is that he's trying to say right now in this moment. There's a lot of weight. Are we going to be found in light or are we going to be found in darkness? And I'll tell you why that's true here in just a moment. In scripture, from Old Testament to New Testament, you'll see the word light used all of the time. And there's two primary functions when they use the word light to describe God or to use light to describe his word. And that is that light stands as truth. So they can kind of coexist a little bit. So light, many times in scripture, looks like truth. And so there's a couple of scripture verses I have that I want to show you this in. Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light. Somebody say light. light. To my path. So your word is a lamp to my feet and your truth is a light to my path. Psalm 27, 1 says the same thing. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my truth and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? If I know the truth, the truth shall set me free, right? Scripture says that. So if I know the truth, why am I afraid? Why am I living in fear? But then there's another part of light as well. Not only does light stand for truth in Scripture, but light can also stand for purity. Isaiah 5:20 says this. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put darkness for purity and purity for impurity. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to you. John 3, 19, he goes on, he says, this judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than they love the purity of his truth. And their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light. All who do evil hate the purity of God and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be, somebody say, exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. There's a key verse, there's a key word in that scripture verse, and that, that key word is the word exposed. Nobody likes to be exposed, right? We don't really like the word exposed, and yet there's so much in what John is trying to tell us in 1 John about exposing our heart to the light of God. He says, God is light, and there is no darkness in him at all. This whole part of 1 John chapter 1, 5 into chapter 2 is this idea of light and darkness and our hearts being exposed, that our darkness of our hearts being exposed to the light of God, but it's deeper. It's deeper than just going, yeah, light's good, darkness is bad. There's a deeper sense in what's going on in here. And here's the deeper sense. If right now I asked you guys to expose your hearts and tell us all the deepest, darkest secrets, all the junk you think about, all the things that you dwell in at times, all the craziness that is in your heart, how many guys would enjoy that? All right? So, so nobody. <laughs> good. Okay. So right now, I just want you to know, if, if, if my heart was exposed before you, if I could pull back and say, here's everything that's going on in my life and my mind, here's my thoughts this week, my actions this week, whatever, you'd go, man, Aaron Wallace is jacked up, amen? And then you'd look at your own life and go, but I'm pretty jacked up too. Because there's something that goes on in the depths of our heart that we don't want to be exposed. There are things that we like to keep hidden. Not only from one another, but there are things that we like to keep hidden from God as well. And so when John talks about walking in the light, he's really basically saying like, when you go into a room and you turn a light switch on, you don't know what's in that room when it's dark, but when you turn that light switch on, you get to see everything in that room. So if you've got cockroaches in your house and you turn on the light, what happens to those cockroaches? They hide, right? It's the same thing in our life. When we begin to walk in the light of God, when we begin to walk in the light of God, as John, First John's gonna say here in just a moment, as we begin to walk in that and that light switch goes on our heart, there's these things in our heart that we do not want exposed that try to hide. Here's the promise of the scripture though. 
The promise is that the darkness tries to hide from the, the darkness tries to hide from the light, but the light will expose it. This is key for us as we go forward. And here's why. Because for the rest of John, when we read the rest of 1 John, when we get into chapter 3 and chapter 4, it's going to be all about the love of God and how we're supposed to love God, love people, love one another. It's going to be really, really good. But I'm going to tell you something. We cannot love God and we cannot love others if we still are living in darkness right here. That's why John, before he, you know, we, we always quote 1 John. Everybody loves 1 John. 1 John's all about love. It's all about love. It's all about love. But we try to avoid this part. <laughs> and we avoid this part because we've got to deal with our own hearts before we can ever love. And so as we work through this, I want you to know there's, there's some stuff in here that I'm praying will expose your heart. I'm praying it will expose your heart. And here's why. There is value in light. It helps you avoid danger. It helps you reach whatever it is that you're after. When you walk in darkness, you stumble over things and you see things. You don't see things that are dangerous, that are out there. Darkness does not reveal the threats. So darkness can frustrate your ability to reach your goal. Darkness can frustrate your ability to reach the purpose that, that God has for you. Darkness can frustrate your ability to reach that destiny that you know that God has laid out in your heart. Darkness can do that. And so then light comes in and light changes all of that. It exposes the dangers and it allows you to see your goal. And when that light comes in, it shows you the obstacles that are in your way. You see, I'm wondering if so many of us in this room haven't reached that destiny, that goal, that purpose, because we're afraid to let God come in and expose our hearts to him so that when the light comes in, there's gonna be some things that we don't wanna deal with, amen? I'm just wondering if maybe some of the reason that we're not reaching it is because there's some things in there. There's some things that jump out and grab your legs like picnic tables in your heart, right? I'm wondering if there's some things in your heart that are trying to trap you and throw you down. And so because of that, your faith in believing God for the fullness of who he is, your faith has been hindered a little bit. And so John, he's gonna address that and he's gonna say, now it's time to expose it and it's time to walk in the light. So if I could just define what it means to walk in the light for just a minute, Here, here's how I'm gonna define it for you. Walking in the light or living in the light is the person who comes to God and is willing, somebody say willing, and is willing to be known for who they truly are, not hiding anything from God. Now I'm gonna say that again. So walking in the light is the person who is willing to come to God and be known for who they really are. So here I am, God. Here's Aaron Wallace, jacked up inside, and I'm exposing myself, Lord, knowing that in my heart you're going to see some things that you don't like. You're going to see some things that you're not proud of, but I recognize that, Father, and so I'm going to walk in your light. And the more that that light exposes those dark places, the more and more that I see them. Here's the deal, though. The more and more that I see them, the more and more I realize I can't do it in my own strength. The more that the light comes in, the more that I realize I need the light. Amen? The more that I realize I can't do it on my own, the more that I realize I am jacked up. But Jesus is not. And so if I draw into him and I draw into his perfection, all those mess ups and all of those places that I've messed up and all those places that I just haven't hit the mark on, he's perfection and I'm gonna draw into his perfection, not mine. So I'm drawn into him. And so what I want, I want that. But, but, but the other side of that is, is this, we have to be willing. <laughs> Because I'm telling you right now, there's not a time where I'm trying to approach God. This is what walking in darkness is. If that's walking in light, here's walking in darkness. God, I'm just doing really good. I'm nailing it this week. I'm awesome. There's nothing going on in here but you, right? Because it's just simply not true. It's just simply not true according to what John, John told us in, in 1 John 1. He just told us we all sin. We've all messed up. If anyone says they're without sin, you're lying to yourself. If anyone says they're without sin, you're fooling yourself. And so walking in darkness is being that person who's walking around and you think that you've, you've got it all together and there's nothing wrong in, in, inside here. And in some ways you're saying, I don't even know if I need the light. Amen? And so this is what we're talking about. We're talking about exposing our heart before God. So remember, John is old, 100 years old. He's like a grandpa, and he's teaching this growing church, this fledgling church, first, second generation church about this principle of a false teaching that is coming in. 
So the church has been growing, things are happening, and here's the culture of the time. John and the, the apostles, they were teaching on the things of Christ, but just like anything else, man, somebody comes in and like, I don't really know if I like that part of the teaching, so I'm gonna manipulate it, I'm gonna change it. And so there's the guys that came in that, that practiced Gnosticism, okay? Gnosticism was having this knowledge of God that was different than what the, the apostles taught and different than what Jesus taught. And so they call it uh, Gnostics. The Gnostics came in, and here's what they said. Essentially, they were denying that you have kind of this sin nature inside of you. They were denying that the sin inside of you was kind of even real. So John is like, I'm going to lay the hammer down before anybody else believes this. And he comes in, John, the lover of people. Remember, John was called the apostle of love. John comes in in verse 10 and he says, if we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. Let me tell you why John is so passionate for this. Because he's saying, if you claim that you're without sin, then you're negating everything that Jesus did on the cross. If you claim that there's nothing in your heart that's wrong, then what you're saying is, is that Jesus never needed to come and die on the cross, that somehow you were just fine and you don't need God. And in essence, when you say you don't need God, you call God a liar. And when you call God a liar, you're elevating yourself above God. And so for you and I to come to this place of admitting, look, we, we need exposed. There's some things in my heart that just simply aren't right. And we shouldn't shy back from that. We shouldn't be like, I don't want anybody to know that I'm a sinner. We know you're a sinner, all right? So am I. Not nearly as much as Matt and Ryan, but we're all sinners. <laughs> right? We're just messing. Jacob's the worst of all of them. No, I'm just I'm totally messing. Totally messing. So there's things in our heart that we just have to come in. If you're coming into church and you're so afraid that your heart is going to be exposed, you're in the wrong place. If you're coming into church and saying, no, expose my heart, you're in the right place. You're in the right place because God already knows what's going on in your heart. Amen? And so as we, as we work through that part of going, look, we, we've sinned, we know that we've messed up, um, this is what John is attacking in the early church because there's a group of people going around saying, ah, sin, it's not real. Don't worry about it. It's not that big of a deal. It's not so much different in our day and age today. L listen to what Jude says. In fact, Jude gets in on this action. Jude comes in in Jude chapter one, verse four. He says, um, I wanted to write to you about salvation. I wanted to write to you about something really, really neat. But now I find that I must write about something else, urging you to defend the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his holy people. I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches. There's some ungodly people that have wormed your way into your churches. They're not out there on the outside. They're working from the inside out. They've wormed their way into your churches, saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. In other words, saying that, that God's grace, man, don't worry about your sin. Sin's not that big of a deal. And yet, they're literally going against the teachings of Scripture. Amen? Sin is a big deal. It's a big deal to God. And so John, the, 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 the apostle of love, loves people. He's like, before we can move on to, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. Before we can move to that, we've got to deal with some hearts that may be lying to themselves. We've got to deal with some hearts that may be lying to themselves. And so he says in verse 8, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves. We're not fooling God. We're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. So John is saying as we come to God who is light, things are getting exposed. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God. Listen to this, this is key. We are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. In other words, if I say that I have fellowship with God, but I know that there's some stuff in here, man, that's just ugh, messed up, and yet I'm still saying, God, I have fellowship with you, but I'm just simply not gonna address this, I'm not gonna, and here's the key. I just, I'm gonna let it ride. I'm fine with it. I'm not worried about this right here, but I still say that I have fellowship with you. I'm just gonna read the scripture. This is not thus saith Aaron Wallace. This is thus saith the word. He says, we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We should take heed to that church. 
in being exposed, then there's a couple of things that I wanna walk through with you today, okay? I love to come in and I love to talk about the grace of God and the love of God. Man, I love it. I love to talk about encouragement. That's like my number one thing I love to talk about, the encouragement of God, the encouragement of God. But if you're gonna walk through the book of 1 John, you can't detour around this part, right? And so there's two things that I think that John deals with here in, in, in this chapter one and then into chapter two a little bit. And that's two words that we don't talk about very often in church. We talk about grace, we talk about love, we talk about forgiveness, we talk about encouragement, but we don't always camp out on two words, confession and repentance, amen? Come on now, how many of you guys like confession and repentance? <laughs> Liars. Because, because here's the thing with confession and repentance. It deals with something that I don't always like to confess and repent in. It deals with something that's deep-seated in my heart. If we're gonna do this, if we're gonna move forward in John and we're gonna talk about love, we've got to go and, and identify the fact that in our life we have a sin life. That there is a life inside of us that's not always pleasing. There is a, I'm just asking this week, okay? Just, just again, I wanna make sure that we're all on the same page. How many of you guys have had even one sin this week? Raise your hands. Okay, look around. If your neighbor's hand is not up, tell them that they are lying right now. Okay. So, so we're all on the same page, and so obviously it's easy sometimes for us to try to put a front out there like, man, you know, do you have sin in your life? And this is how it is with me. I'm just telling you. If you said, Aaron, like, what's the sin in your life? It's so easy to be like, I don't know, man. It's not, I don't, little stuff here and there. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? And you call me a liar. Call me a liar. Thank you. All right. All right. Because I called you liars. I, just, I feel better now. I feel like we've equaled things out. Some of you visitors out there, I want you to know, you called me a liar too. All right. So here's the thing. If, if you and I are sitting here and we're just having a conversation, typically that's how Christian community is. Hey, man, like what kind of things are you dealing with in your heart? Like what kind of sins you, you know, feel like, you know, just kind of gripped with? And we're like, I don't know, nothing big, just little things here and there. And, and you know in your heart, your heart is gripped with things. But for whatever reason, we don't like to release that to one another. And this is why confession is a big deal in Scripture. Out of all the things I feel like that we struggle with in, in our family with our kids, and there's, there, I'm sure there's lots of things we struggle with our kids, but out of all the things, it's trying to get our kids to own their stuff. You guys know what I mean? It's trying to get our kids to own what they've done, own your actions. So my son Trace can come up to me bawling and he can be like, Dad, Dad, Tyson hit me. I'm like, okay, well, why, why did he hit you? I don't know, it's just out of the blue. He just hit me, just throttled me. I don't know, I don't know. I'm like, well, let's work through it. Let's go backwards, let's work through it. What did you do? I don't know, I kicked him in the face, but it wasn't that big of a deal, right? <laughs> What'd you do after you kicked him in the face? I threw the pillow at him, told him he's a jerk, you know, kind of thing. And I'm like, so what did he do to you? I don't know, he told me to leave me alone and then I just kept messing with him and finally throttled me. And I'm like, okay, son, so let's work backwards. Did he just punch you out of the blue? So like, well, I feel like he did. <laughs> you just told me you kicked him in the face. It's like an hour of working through. Did you kick him in the face? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I guess I did that, right? And it's like, finally he owns his stuff. And I'm thinking, where did he learn that from? His mom or, you know, his, his dad? <laughs> I'm going to pay for that one, I can see. Because truly, we're, we're no different. We don't like to own our stuff. We like to find that it was somebody else that did it to me. Somebody else that did it to me. Somebody else that did it to me. And so what we do when we do that is we simply bury that down inside of us and somehow we justify it that that's not my sin. I can't help that Tyson punched me in the face, right? That's Trace's thing. That somehow that's Tyson's sin, not my sin. And I'm, I'm telling you, we do this in church life. I'm telling you, this is a big deal to God. How can we walk in the light if we are deceiving ourselves and thinking that we have no darkness? Note that God said, God is light. In him there is no darkness, not in us, because we have to be found in him. <laughs> Verse 9, but if we confess, listen to this, if we confess, if we own it, so this first part of confession, if we confess, if we own it, if we admit it, if we admit our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from some wickedness, Somebody say all. 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 He wipes the slate clean. 
In fact, he talks about that in chapter two, that Jesus is our advocate. I wish we had more time for that. We'll, we'll come back to that another time. But that the, the, the slate is wiped clean, that if we would just come to him, and we don't have to come sheepishly to him, we can be like, Lord, I messed up, right? Heart exposed to you. I know this was a rough week, mentally, physically. I know, God, I'm just cha- I just challenged this week, just sin coming in from different angles. I want you to know, here it is. I'm exposing it to you. God's like, thank you. Thank you because I'm faithful and just and I'll cleanse it all. I'm not repulsed. I'm not like, oh, Aaron, man, I knew you did bad, but you really did bad. That's, he knows it. He's like, come in here, son. I've got you. And I think that we have to see God as that when we come to him in confession. Amen? Amen. Because if we won't confess even the small things, I promise you we won't confess the big things. This means that we do not allow sin in our life to remain in darkness, but instead we bring it into the light. This is what it looks like to walk in the light. So next time you read this, this is what it looks like. Are you walking in the light of Jesus? Are you allowing the light of Jesus to expose the darkness and calling it out as sin? How important is this? Verse 10, if we claim that we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. In other words, the claim of a sinless life is not only self-deception, but it's blasphemy. It's declaring once again, I don't need Jesus. You're a liar. I don't need you, I'm all good right here. And really what it is, is it's self-idolatry. And I'm just telling you right now, this is where it gets rough, because if there's anything that we're really good at, it's self-idolatry. It's all about me, it's all about myself, it's all about my needs, my wants, my things, my whatever. It's all about my perfection, my, my, my. So, so here we are and he's saying, if we're, do, we're calling God a liar, it's not only self-deception, it's blasphemy because what we're saying is somehow I'm self-sufficient in myself. And it's just simply not true. And so John, the apostle of love, Beloved, let us one another. The same guy who writes that comes in strong. He doesn't mince words. Like, look, if you say that you're without sin, you displease your heavenly father. That's not what he says. He says, if you say you're without sin, you are telling God he's a liar. Don't do that. Don't tell God that he's a liar. I like this quote that I read. It says, I'm not sure the scriptures should be adjusted to our emotionally fragile age. (laughs) I think we need to get toughened up a bit. Amen? And that's how I see John. He's coming, he's like, I'm not gonna mince words. I'm not gonna tell you, hey, look, if you say you without sin, you hurt the Father's heart a little bit. He's like, you're telling God he's a liar. Don't do that. Don't tell God he's a liar. Um, I was listening to Matt Chandler on the second part. We go from confession to repentance. Matt Chandler had a word on, on repentance that I thought was so good. I wanna share a couple of his thoughts in here. He says, sometimes that word repentance brings out some negative connotations um, in in, in, in some of us about how we grew up. So some, for some of us, we grew up with this negative connotation of repentance because maybe you grew up real fundamental and it was all about this kind of this, you know, bullhorn guy on the street saying, if you watch rated R movies, you're going to hell, right? Or you've got the bullhorn guy saying something like, you know, if, if you're drunk, you're, you're going to hell. And so when we think of repentance, that's all we think of. We think of this guy up there that's got a list of things. And, and, and if we haven't, you know, gone through repentance on that list of things, um, we're good if we have. If we've repented of those, we're good. And so for some of us that grew up that way, you may have this mindset of going, well, I don't do this, I don't do this, I don't do this, I don't do this, I don't do this. And so therefore, I really don't need confession and repentance because I'm good. Because what we've done is we've made our list of what really needs confessed and repented. And I'm telling you right now, it is so easy to do that. So your response when you hear repentance is to come and say, come on, man, we've addressed that. I'm here, aren't I? I love Jesus. I've given up that way. I've given up this. I don't sleep around anymore. I don't, I, I don't go out and get slap happy drunk every night anymore. I don't, I don't, I don't. And so what we've done is we've made our heart condition based off of what Bullhorn guy shared one time on the street corner. And yet every single day there's things that are warring in our hearts, but we just don't see it as sin. Or we don't see it as sin that needs confessed. Or we don't see it as sin that we need to repent from. 
Let me tell you why confession is that first part. Let me tell you why repentance is hard. Because once I get to a place of where I own it, and I'm like, all right, I own it, God. I messed it up. I confess. I did. I messed that part up. That's on me. I own that part. That second part of repentance, repentance means I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going to walk in the light. (laughs) Let me tell you why repentance is tough. Repentance is tough is because you're probably into whatever it is you're into because you enjoy it. Because it brings you pleasure in some way. Because it fills a void or fills a need. It fills whatever. And so sometimes it's difficult to walk in, like, I own it, Lord. I know I shouldn't be doing it, but I'm going to do it anyways, right? That, so I've confessed, but the repentance part says, I'm done with it. I want the light. And so as he works through this a little bit, he says, and the, and the problem with this thinking is that somehow we've allowed this thought to slip in that the longer that we're Christians, the longer that I've known Jesus, the less that I need to repent and confess. Like, man, I'm in this, I'm 20 years in. Like, I'm seasoned. I'm a seasoned Christian now. Like, when you talk about repenting and confessing, you're talking about those guys, those guys, those guys and girls out there, they, they, like, they're just brand new in the faith, and they're still just running amok. But, man, for me, like, I'm coming to church, and I'm pursuing the Lord, and I'm doing those things. You're talking confession and repentance for those other people, right? And let me tell you something. That's when Christian leaders fall, and that's when Christians that you know have been following Jesus all the days of their life, that's when they fall. When they get to a place of going, no, you're talking about those, those youngins in Christ, but I'm seasoned. I don't need to repent anymore. I don't need to confess anymore. That's when you fall, amen? Amen. That's why every day for the rest of our life until Jesus comes back and the clouds rip open and you see him come down, boy, there better be confession and repentance on our lips, amen? Amen. (laughs) Amen. I mean, like, grace and love, amen? Grace and love, all right. So so here's the deal. The more that we walk in the light as we draw near to Christ, we realize and let me show you where that's a wrong mentality at in thinking that I'm done now. I don't need to confess or repent anymore. The more that we realize that we have disobedience in our life. Because it can be easy at times in our life to obey God. And it can be very difficult at times in our life to obey God. And there are times that I read the word and I'm taught something from the word and I go, man, God, that's just, mm, love my enemy. Hmm. Suggestion, Right? And I'm like, Lord, I want to, everything in me agrees with what you're saying, God. I just don't know if I can do it. And all of a sudden, what happened is, is I just walked towards the light. The light, love your enemy, came in. It exposed my heart. And here's what my heart said. I love you, God, but. I love you, God, but I'm not going to love my enemy. My enemy. For some of you, it might be um, something different. For some of you, it might be um, you've heard the Great Commission, go to all the nations and make disciples uh, of Jesus Christ, and, 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 and you, you, you've read it, you know that you've been commissioned in that, like the gospel of reconciliation is what you signed up for when you said yes to Jesus, and there's a person that you know you're supposed to share this with, and the light illuminates that darkness in your heart that says, I don't wanna do it, and then all of a sudden, like it comes in and you go, God, I know that, that you said I'm a minister of reconciliation, but it's not going to do it. And somehow we think that that's not a sin compared to this. Or that's not a sin compared to this. And yet, what do we call it? It's disobedience. And it's disobedience when you know what the word of God says. So maybe it's even more so. Church, this is what I'm trying to get to in in, in this place. Here's how important this is. The more that we walk in the light, the more is revealed in what's happening in our hearts. So walking in the light means we're becoming more and more aware of what God desires and yet actually what my heart does not desire. And in that moment, we're faced with a maturity moment that it may not be blatant stuff. It may not be blatant stuff but it may be disobedience. And disobedience, even in the small things, is still disobedience. Because we're not walking in the light for perfection. Please hear me this again. We're not walking in the light for perfection. If you say you're without sin, you're a liar. God is light. In him, there is light. We're not walking in the light because we're trying to be perfect. We're walking in the light for examination of where we're not. And when we're, not, we're walking in that light and we're seeing the examination of where we're not perfect, we're saying, Lord, this is why I need you. This is why I need you. And this is why we're growing ever and ever and ever more closer to him, becoming more and more like him in his image. Amen? 
So we read the word and we walk in the light and we see things that we did and we see reasons that we see things that we've read and we see things that we've talked about and we see all these things and, and, and yet we've come up with a thousand reasons of why it's okay to avoid these things over and over and over. And it's because darkness is being exposed in our life and that we have a choice of whether or not that darkness is gonna stay and we're just gonna keep walking in it or we're gonna confess it and repent from it. Let me show you an example of this. And, and, and I read in the word all the time about the Great Commission and go make disciples and you're a minister of reconciliation and all of those kinds of things. And, and I read this all the time. And, and just recently, my brother came to me and he said, Aaron, um, I wanna see if he, Ryan kind of heads up the mission stuff here at Reliance. He said, Aaron, I wanna see if you'll lead the group to Guatemala, okay? If you'll, if you'll lead the group to Guatemala. And, and, and literally, immediately, the light comes in. I am exposed because I know what the word says. There had been something kind of stern in my heart, like, Aaron, you need to go on mission again, man. You need to remember this global thing that we're doing for kingdom principles. And immediately, the words out of my mouth were, no way, Ryan, that requires an airplane because Guatemala is not in the United States, right? And I, like, immediately, fear came in, and, and I came up with excuses in my heart. Like, the light comes in and exposes, you should go, and immediately it was, I don't do airplanes. And then my OCD, like, I, like germs are a big deal. And Guatemala City has the largest landfill. What, am I going to walk around with like hand sanitizer bottles, right? Like I'm coming up with all this, oh, the money, the, it's football season. You know, all these things. Start, I know you're like, you are decrepit. You said football season? <laughs> Telling you, just exposing it. You know, you know, all right? All this stuff inside of me is like pushing. No, no, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Even though I know that God says, will you obey? Wherever I tell you to go, will you go? And now I'm, now I'm stuck. In my heart, light has come in. It's exposed something. I don't know if I trust you, God, if I get on an airplane. I, I, I don't know if I trust you with germs. <laughs> if I'm not here, K-State won't win. I'm just saying do you, do you see what we've done? We've, is that a rated R movie? Is that going out and getting slap happy drunk? Is that sleeping around? Is that, no, that, that's not what bullhorn guys out there shouting. It's even more so. It's knowing the word of God in my heart and just simply choosing not to obey it. Just saying, I'm just not interested. I shared, I shared this with you, and I'll close out here in just a minute. I shared this with you as well. That, that time where I was in, in last year when I'd hurt my calf and I was in, I'll never forget it. I shared this with you last year. And there was this, that guy that was in the doctor's office with me. He's right across from me. This big guy, if you remember. And, 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 and he, we were talking and he, he had told me how he had torn his Achilles tendon and we were just talking through things. I'll never forget it. Like in my heart in that moment, the Lord revealed something. Just go pray for that person. It was just something so simple. Go pray. Do you have faith, Aaron? Yeah, I have faith, God. All right, I'm gonna expose light into your darkness because I don't know if you have faith. And all of a sudden, it came into my life, and, and, and the Lord was like, go pray for that person. I remember vividly, and you remember me arguing last year when I shared this with you. And I literally, in that moment, everything was going, get up, get up, go pray for him. You know you want to do it. You know the Lord's putting on, you know, you know, you know. And I waited, I waited, I justified all the reasons that I shouldn't do it until the guy went up, he got up, and he went into his appointment. Never saw him again in that moment. And everything in my heart in that moment, everything said, you just got exposed. You're not out there sleeping around. You're not out there getting slap happy drunk every night. You're not out there doing what bullhorn guy says to repent for. You're even more so, Aaron, because you know my word. And so what we've done is we've set this bar. <laughs> we've set this bar down here. If I just don't do this, 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 and this, I'm fine. And that's not what John's saying. He's saying the more that you walk towards the light, the more that your heart is gonna be exposed. But the more that your heart is exposed, the more you're gonna see your need for him. The more that you see you have a need for him, the more you're gonna run to him instead of your own self. Ephesians 5 lays it out like this, and this is it. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. And we're all sitting there going, well, yeah, it makes sense. But then he goes on and he says something in verse four that I'm like, Oof. he brings it to even lower level. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. 
you can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. I think for me, that's, that's kind of where John is bringing this into. There are certain things that you just know, like on your morality list, you've got this morality list, and you're like, check, 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 check. I don't do these things, check, check, check. So my morals are good, good, good morals. But John's trying to bring it home even further. Not so much interested in your checking off your morals. I'm interested in this. Are you trusting God with everything that's going on in here? Is God's light exposing everything that's going on in here? Is there confession and repenting happening? And just those things of going, Lord, man, I just didn't heed your call. I just didn't do what you asked me. I didn't love my wife well. I didn't love my husband well. I didn't love my kids well. Whatever it is. weighty we're lying listen I'm gonna read it one more time we're lying if we say we have fellowship with God but go on living in spiritual darkness we're not practicing the truth if someone says I know God but doesn't obey his commands that person is a liar and is not living in the truth and I'm telling you right now there are times in my life where I'm a liar I don't want to be and the more that I'm drawn into God's light the more I'm realizing there's some things in here that I want to get rid of. And look, I'm telling you right now, there's, there is grace and there is love in this. This is not condemnation. This is God's conviction of love coming in. This is God's grace saying, I'm not going to leave you how I found you. <laughs> this is God saying, I'm not going to leave you how I found you. This is God saying, listen, we've got to deal with this right here, but I love you. So we come to this place of hearing that and we say, at some point in time in our hearts, We've, we've got to get to this place of saying church attendance does not equal relationship with God. Being able to quote John 3.16 does not equal relationship with God. Walking in the light and letting God expose what's going on here and knowing that that exposure is good for you is a relationship with God. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to have you guys stand up if you would prayer team will you guys come up and I want to just give two minutes three minutes whatever we'll close out with this last song the altar's open the prayer teams are going to be up here if you know right now that there's some confession things that you just need to come to God with so that you can reach that destiny that purpose that calling that God has there are some obstacles that are trying to keep you back from walking in the light and you know it and you need to just rid yourself of those things then I'm gonna ask you to take a step of faith. You can do it in your chair if you wanna do it. I think that there's sometimes it's cool and we can take a step of faith in this, but the altar's gonna be open, the prayer team's gonna be ready to go, and if you just need to come and say, man, I'm ready just to deal, I'm ready to get exposed for confession and repentance, I just wanna pray this over you today. Father God, today we, we don't wanna be a church that just, we, we've, we've set this bar of morality. Here's my bar of morality. And I'm good, I don't need to confess and repent anymore because I'm really a moral person. God, I pray that we would allow your light as we walk in the light to expose those places of our hearts that are just simply disobedience, just not heeding what your word says, those places that we wanna hang on to. God, that we can let those things go and we can realize our need for more and for more and for more of you, that you are our advocate, Jesus, that you don't leave us how you find, uh, found us, that you change us as we move forward, God. And that it's not condemnation, it's not guilt, it's not shame, it's that loving conviction that only you can bring. So we speak that over this place today, God, as we sing this last song. For those that need that today, God, I pray that they can just come and just be made new in you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.